Hey guys, welcome to the All Things Running Podcast. It's your host Jacob here, and today I sit down and talk with Chris Naimoli, who is a master's athlete, very talented in both the running and triathlon scenes. He recently finished the Ironman Maryland in a time of 9.05.01 for sixth place overall and second in the men's 40 to 44 division age group so he's definitely a very impressive athlete and so after i saw him perform like he did at immd i really wanted to talk with him and as someone who's just constantly looking to learn more in the sport of running but also outside of running i thought this would be a great opportunity and so i took advantage of it and i think i learned a lot from it i hope you guys do too i wouldn't be alarmed by the fact that this is largely about the triathlon scene today in this podcast episode i think you'll still get a lot out of it and find it very interesting so stick around enjoy guys and i'll see you in the next one oh what's up hey chris what's going on thanks for coming on man appreciate it it's gonna be fun yeah uh saw you're already back into the swing of things running uh workout this morning yeah i got well because the goal race was always gonna be uh world 70.3 okay um which is at the end of august mm-hmm. so it was um so my initial plan was kind of just to train through maryland and just kind of like get a qualifier and just get through it um yeah. but then i started doing some crazy workouts and it was like all right well let's see how fast i can actually go in this thing wow okay i didn't know that was the case so you you really were just kind of like initially planning to train through it and then go hard in August of next yeah, year. Yeah. Cause I had gotten, like I got hurt with my foot at the beginning uh, or right after masters 5k. Like I did yeah. a workout like right after that and it went really well, but I had to like basically walk home. Um, and then I didn't run a step for till like two weeks before June started mm-hmm. because I had a triathlon that was deferred. And I was like, well, I was like, either way, I'll just do the bike. I'm like, but let me see if I can just run six miles. So I was running like six miles every other day mm-hmm. um, for two weeks. I was running four days a week and I did that for two weeks and then still ran like six minute pace at the, at the triathlon coming off the bike. I still ran like 38 minutes, the under 38 minutes at the, for the 10 K and I finished like fourth overall or something like that. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if I knew, and I and I missed like, I missed second by like a minute, and I'm like, well, if I knew that, like, I could have went a little harder, but yeah. I didn't want to like press it. Like I was joking the whole time. It kind of reminded me of like the first parts of the Ironman this weekend. I was just like talking to people, like chatting. I'm like, I'm doing okay. I was like, this is where I'm staying. I'm staying in this zone. Like I don't want to get hurt. Like I'm just doing this because, you know, I just want to make sure that I just want to get through this. And so, um. And the guy that uh, I was working with for the triathlon stuff, he was at that race. And so mm. he was like, oh, you can catch there. And I'm like, I am not trying to run hard. I'm just relaxing. Like, yeah, we'll talk, on, we'll talk Monday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard sometimes to hold back in races like that. But yeah, it was, prob- um, it was probably the right decision to be safe. Make sure you don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so that was like it was. So, I mean, in actuality, you know, this like. Maryland was only like a 14 week buildup. Like I only started training for it at the beginning. Wow. Of the wow. Okay. I didn't even know that. Did you have any base going into that training block or um, kind of building? I was doing like some, I was just, I was actually just starting to kind of like look at my calendar to kind of like maybe have some questions. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I mean, I was doing some work in February, March, like March is just like me kind of like riding and swimming. And it was just mainly just me doing rides. So that's what I was. So like right before I was kind of like messing around with like a running pot, like a power pot on your foot to kind of like see. Oh, yeah. So once I kind of uh, once I couldn't run, um, I was like, all right, well, I'm used to like doing this power. So then I was like, all right, well, I'll keep like cadence and my power the same and I'll, that'll keep my heart rate up and I'll still be able to keep up some cardio. I just won't have any like running mm-hmm. legs or anything like that. Um, yeah. So I was doing that and then I started doing some swimming and stuff just to get into it. Cause I'm like, all right, you know, I'm tired of biking. I'm tired of doing this. So I was doing a bunch of swimming and biking and still not doing a lot of swimming. And then I started doing some aqua jogging. Like I started doing that. Yeah. Um, and then I got married. And so I missed a lot of days like surrounding the wedding and stuff. And then it was like, all right, like that's over now. Like now I can kind of like get like, kind of like situated. And then yeah. I started doing like, you know, I started doing some orange theory stuff where I can get onto like the rower and stuff and kind of like, do that and do some walking and do some weightlifting just reasons to get me out of the house because i just work remotely now and it's kind of yeah hard to get to like not hard but it's hard to get motivated to the to go to the gym and stuff when it's like mm-hmm. you have to get in the car and drive to it and you always make up some excuses and i'm pretty sure that that's probably like why i was getting hurt and stuff during the pandemic is just because mm-hmm you're just sitting here and you're not doing anything. You can come up with excuses of not to like do all the little things that you need to do, especially when you get old to stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. The remote life is definitely different and I'm experiencing that myself too right now. I actually saw that you're, you're a software developer. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I do. I'm like a full stack developer for FedEx. So it's kind of cool that we have that in common. And yeah, I I, kind of know your, how, how your life is on the day-to-day kind of yeah so i'm more of like a um i specialize more in like qa automation so that's what i do mm-hmm. so I'm, ta- yeah. I'm actually a uh, qa i'm qa manager for the shared backend services stuff for uh urban mm-hmm. urban's whole uh all of their uh products and clients that they have mm-hmm. like all their brands that's what it brands yeah do you find that that job is a good job for you know pursuing triathlon at a competitive level you know do you have like Um, time to yeah like i mean it's just it's it's a lot easier being at home than it was when i was working at comcast at comcast um you know you had to be in at nine so it's like 30 minutes of travel time Mm. 30 minutes travel time home but then on the flip side it was like i was single so it didn't matter so i was like oh i can go to the gym at lunch because the gym was right upstairs so I'd go to the gym at lunch. I'd run from work afterwards. And then since I was already there getting changed, like it was easier for me to just stay at the gym and do a lot of the strength training and stuff that I had that I needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once, you know, then you get home and then it's like, you know, then, but I had nobody to come home to. I had nobody worried. Like I was just worried about myself. So I think it would be yeah. like, you know, it's just, a, I, whatever job it is, it's just a lot easier to do all this stuff when, um, you're doing it remotely just because you can just leave from the house. Like you don't have that travel time that you have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to get too deep into the questions. I want to give a quick yeah. background. So people are probably wondering who the heck is this guy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm talking to Chris Naimoli who recently ran uh 905 in the uh, Ironman Maryland. Um, 90501 to be exact. Uh, and looking back into 2021, you were 1134.59 in the Ironman. So that progression is pretty insane to me. 
Um, and I just want to give a quick background into everyone listening. So, you know, you kind of mentioned it yourself. Uh, you ran that 15, you ran that 5k, but like right before you got injured, uh, you ran 15, 35, 55, uh, at the garden state TC's pre-nats tune-up meet on uh, March 20 of 2021. Is that, was that the one? Uh, no. So it was, uh, the masters 5k national championships in Atlanta. Okay. Um, okay. That, that's part of like their marathon weekend and half marathon weekend. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so that was, I think I was like 50 flat or 49 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And then in, um, also 2019, a little bit before that you, uh, were the uh, champion of the USATF masters 15 K championship yeah. in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, you ran 48, 37 for five thirteen per mile, which is wicked fast. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you balled out and, uh, the closest guy to you was in your, in your division was 49, 51. So over a minute, Back so yeah so those races um they start you 10 minutes before the main field so okay. it was i was solo from the beginning and that it was just me oh. and the, uh and the motor the lead motorcycle guy oh my gosh over solo in it also yeah i probably figured i was probably in like sub 68 or 68 flat shape for a half marathon that year absolutely yeah if you had some more people around you for that race i mean I could have seen like 47 something or yeah, that's the whatever. same. That's the same year that I ran 2430 for 8k at Rothman. Man, you were fit. You were, I had fit. a good, I had a good fall. So I had one Falmouth masters. I won Cal Harbor masters. I was second at fifth Avenue in the 40 to 50 range. Um, I was, I won Rothman, obviously I won the 15k. Um, and then I also won the Manchester, the master's division at the Manchester road race, man. I should have done a little more research. Obviously yeah. I, I missed out on some big ones that year. Uh, uh, yeah. I had it all going <laughs> into club cross and then club cross was at Lehigh and I picked up a small injury about 10 days out and then with all the mud and everything. And then it's kind mm, of just pre yeah. preludes into all the issues I've had since then. But the mm -hmm. mud and like just my weak, like just having the runners things of like having weak hips and everything just kind of snowballed every kind of like thing that I had going on with me mm -hmm. doing a race. And it was like, I went in as one of the favorites and then I just like with all the mud and stuff and just like things hurting, I ended up like 20th or 19th or something like that. Man. And then um, I'll finish the background here and now I'll get into some questions. But, um, you know, after you got injured after the uh, Masters 5K, um, you kind of went more into the triathlon scene. Um, you did run an Ironman 70.3 in, uh, Maine in 2021, and then you ran two Ironman since then at, in Texas and Maryland. And I mentioned the times you ran at those Texas, you ran 1134 59 in 2021. And then you went to 90501 just recently, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of weeks back at this point, I guess it is, um, or a little, yeah, something like days, that, yeah. 10 days back. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you ran 90501 for sixth overall, second in your age group of uh, men's 40 to 44 division. Uh, you ran, you swam 105.33 for the swim, which for those listening, a lot of them are just runners, so they don't know the distances. So 2.4 mile swim. Um, and then 432.42 on the bike, which is 112 miles. So that comes out to almost 40 kilometers per hour, 24.64 miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, and then 318.28 on the run. Uh, which is 26.2 miles of marathon distance, uh, 735 per mile. Um, 
And then I also heard that you did you stop in the marathon portion of the race? Yeah, I had a 27 minute mile 22. Like my I was just I was running I was running within my heart rate. Like my heart rate never crested 150, which for me is like 150 means that I'm kind of like going into the red line zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for that whole thing like with it being, you know, my second Ironman um I just wanted to make sure that I was kind of like within myself. So I was actually running and so I was in second place overall. Um, and then I got to like, I miss, so it's like, you're coming around right before 19, you're coming back into the park where transition is and the aid station that you're hitting as you're coming back into the park is the first one that you hit when you come out. So me coming back to start to starting into my third loop, um, everybody all the 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 middle pack people were coming out and kind mm. of like clogging that aid station so yeah. i just grabbed like a water and it was half full that i dumped it on me and it just did nothing and i remember uh, strictly yeah. saying to myself i'm like wow that actually did nothing to for me and so you know hindsight me being still a rookie like hindsight it's like oh stop at that station make sure you get the ice that you need to cool down your body to make sure your body's staying cool and then continue because you're if you waste a minute or two there then obviously it's the difference of me having to lay down for 20 minutes later in the race because i was just physically like my body just overheated yeah yeah and you know since you're a rookie who knows in retrospect what, where you could have been in that race when you finished. Uh, yeah i was i was on pace to go like 843 or 845 mm-hmm. somewhere in between there um so that's what I was looking at when I, like when I laid down, that's why I, I, yeah. cause you're so out of it and you're not realizing because you can't tell who's on what lap. So there's just an enormous amount of people just like walking, passing, running by yeah, asking you if you're okay. So I had no idea what place I was in and where I was at in the race. Like it wasn't even until I got to like 24 that I was like looking at my watch and I'm like, okay, I'm like overall, I'm still running like 740s, 735s. I was like, oh, that's like a 315 ish marathon. I'm like, that's, I was like, ah, I was like, I'm probably still, and I look at the overall time and I'm like, holy, I was like, holy crap. I was like, I'm probably still going to be under nine ten. Yeah. Like, so then I just started laughing to myself. I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't believe I just laid down for 20 minutes. Cause I remember working at Brimar running company when I was younger. And it was like, if you broke 10 hours, you can, you were considered like a really good triathlon triathlete. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, if you're under 930, then you're like, oh, you're you're definitely like a really good triathlete. And so like for me to to lay down for 20 minutes and still have like a nine, still go 905, it's like. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, and considering too that, you know, originally in your head, that race wasn't going to be something you were going crazy on. Like you, you had another one in mind, but to know, like to have that performance with what happened is, is crazy. And it's, it's you know, definitely probably had your head spinning afterwards as to what you might be able to do in the future. <laughs> no. Like n- now that you've afterwards, learned a that's a, the guy that coaches me, uh, Andrew Yoder's the guy that coaches me. He's like, Oh, you should do Lake Placid. And I was like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's too soon, dude, too soon. Like <laughs> Three and done. That's the goal. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. So before I want to talk a little bit more on the Ironman, in your experience um at that race but first i wanted to hear about your background in athletics you know uh did you start as a runner and then kind of transition into triathlete after yeah so i mean yeah i started running when i was nine years old um always been part of the track team ever since um ran through high school had a scholarship to westchester kind of dropped out 
um, halfway, like halfway through after a couple of years, uh, just a combination of just me kind of not being ready to be out there on my own, I guess. And just more thinking that I could get away with like a bunch of this shit that I did in high school, which was like, you know, just pay attention and not do any outside work, which is not the case when you get to college. Yeah. Um, I was just too young and dumb and cocky to kind of um, realize that until it was too late. So it's kind of like me leaving slash probably would have ended up like failing out if I didn't leave. So um, that was kind of like where I was at. And then just worked at Bryn Mawr Running Company for a while and just started running there, um, running with the teams and the guys, becoming really good friends with Bob Schwelm and everything. And then um, what kind of setting me up later in life is uh, – um met my you know became really good friends with like scott tantino mike mckeeman uh scott owns a couple of running stores in the philadelphia area and mike um who was famously paced uh dina to her american record in london he was the official oh pace for the London race yeah um and he paced her halfway th- through 20 miles ended up finished in the race and qualifying for the trials that was back when the trials qualifying time was only 222. So he's that was his mm. first time tra- qualifying for the Olympic trials. And so when I was working with them and it was like, I was kind of like going through some life stuff and I was like, well, I should finish school. My dad talked me into moving out to California. Um, so I went out there for seven years to finish up my degree. And that's kind of like where, that's where I ended up at Cal State Long Beach. I finished up with my uh, bachelor's degree in computer science, um, mm. but got super fat when I was out there. Cause I was just taking on too much and just doing too much of school or too much, you know, too working too many jobs. I was working two jobs at the time. Cause I was putting myself through school and everything. Um, wow. and just wasn't making time for anything. And so when I was working at Bryn Mawr, I also became really good friends with Terrence Mahan and Jen Rhines. Um, and so two, two, two people that I still talk to today. So that's what, so Mike, that's how Mike ended up pacing Dina was in when I was leaving to go to California, Terrence was like, Oh, Mike, you should come out to Mammoth. Cause that's when Terrence was taking over the Mammoth track club and okay. helping coach like Dina and them and Meb kind of like a little bit. And so Mike went out there to be Dina's training partner. Wow. Um, kind of like pace her through her stuff. And so he, when I ended up moving back to Philly in 2012, I got back, you know, in 2011, I kind of was going to track meet that Terrence was at and I come walking up and he's his first person. He was like, dude, you look absolutely terrible. <laughs> and I was like, just so fat and like out of shape. And he was like, I was like, I know. I was like, I finally finished school. I was like, I just want to get like, I was going to come here asking like, how can we start getting into like getting back to healthy again? So at one point I was up to like, at that time I was up to 245 pounds. Um, Wow. And uh, he's sort of helped me get, you know, helped me with my nutrition, kind of getting that back on point, um, doing little things, getting back to running and everything. And so, you know, and then I moved back in 2012. And I, when I saw him, it was May of 2011. By Broad Street of 2012, I had run like under 59 minutes for the race and kind of like pacing through one of the girls that was on the, that I was running with at the time. Wow. That's a crazy yeah. comeback story. And, and then, then I decided to do Philly. And then I ran Philly. I did 255 at Philly, qualified me for Boston. I didn't want Boston to be my second marathon. So I did Philly again the following year, ran 246 there, then ran 244 at uh at Boston. And then I was training for 2015 Boston. And the goal was to break 230 there. And then I got hurt. 
and then I just switched to the track and never went back to the marathon ever again. <laughs> <laughs> went back to track running. And then I was just like, oh, you know, so then you start like, you know, then you start adding little things and it's like, well, what if I started doing this? What would that do? And I was like, well, what if I started adding this? So like when I was training for Boston the second time, it was like, you know, well, I was only running six days a week. You know, what happens if I started running seven days a week now? What happens if instead of running 50 minutes easy, I start running 60 minutes easy. So I started packing on the miles and then getting up to like up over 70 miles a week. And yeah. I was starting to get fit and ran a couple like 15 sub 15 thirties on the track. And then that kind of just snowballed from there. Um, got a little injury again in 2018. And that's kind of how I started getting into the triathlons because it happened. I got injured right before the spring kind of like track season would start. And I just was, I was like, well, let me, I was like, I can't run. I was like, so I was coming back into running and I wasn't enjoying, like I was, wasn't losing the weight as quickly as I used to. And obviously because you're getting older, it gets harder to kind of like drop. So I was like, well, I was like, I'll probably get into triathletes later in life anyway. So why don't I, why don't I sign up for one? It'll be something to kind of motivate me to get out there and do some cross training and cardio and stuff like that. It'll give me a reason to keep my mileage low. Um, because then I'll be com combining it with all these other things. Um, and then I borrowed, I borrowed a bike, I borrowed a trainer, um, <laughs> bought a wetsuit and just started like swimming, like awful. Um, but then went and did the stone Harbor sprint triathlon where <laughs> I, I showed up with like this borrowed bike. I've never even, I had it, it had a trainer tire on it. And so I didn't even know how to change a tire. So I'm picking up like my number the night before the race. And I'm like, can you guys help me like change this tire? I'm last, the last person picking up my packet. And then two guys are like helping me like change my tire on the thing and put like a new tube in there. And so, and then I show up the next day and ride, like I had only done like 10 spin classes and I would, I show up the next day and I I rode like just under 24 miles an hour. I think I was like 23, eight on like a road bike with aero bars on it, which is kind of like ridiculous. Yeah, that's quick. And then, uh, and, and then I ran 17, 10 coming off the bike with not being in that great of shape. So it was kind of like, all right, well, I could probably be good at this stuff too. So I started doing it. And then, so I did it all summer long and then I had a great fall like, tr like racing wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, well, I was like, to 2019, I was like, well, let me just do the same thing. So I just run like 15 flat on the track in 2019, right before I turned 40. Um, and then, but I did it in a pair of, um, 2000 Puma Harambis, which I jokingly said was older than a lot of the kids that I was racing against at Widener at the time, because <laughs> the shoe was like 20 years old and those kids. Some of those oh kids my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and it absolutely destroyed my calves and I just couldn't like people don't know how good they have it with the spikes that they have now that are out there yeah, um, yeah. but my calves are destroyed and then I couldn't like I just couldn't run any times later like anything faster than that so coming off of like my I always take like two to three weeks off in the month of May um and then I started coming I was like well let me do triathlon training again because that helped me so good in the fall and then that just set me up again for what I had in 2019 and then the switch to like the longer stuff didn't happen until the pandemic because the triathlons were like the first races that are coming back because you can kind of like, cause they were doing it kind of like time trial style. So they could set off somebody like every five seconds, 10 seconds, and they could keep you separated until that time. And so they were able to space people out and kind of like reduce that kind of, um, 
kind of interaction with people where you could kind of like pick up COVID or something like that. So those were the yeah. kind of like the first races that were coming back. So I was like, well, let me just sign up for an Ironman. Like, you know, no racing is going to happen anytime soon. I keep getting all these injuries. I don't need to be in my best running shape to be able to compete in these things because you're just trying to survive the run anyway. So that's kind of how I ended up with it. Yeah. That was a very impressive recollection of the last like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like very impressed you you were able to go for that far back and then go like year by year with that. <laughs> kind of, yeah, because I kind of live it because people are like, where did you come? Like a lot of people, especially now, like in the triathlon where they're like, where did you come from? Like, what did you yeah. do? And so, you know, you're kind of like, well, this is what I did, you know. And then you just like to be prepared because, you know. I'm sure there's people out there talking, saying like <laughs> this, you know, there's constantly people saying like, who's clean, who's not clean, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. When you run nine, nine Oh five like that, they're going to start questioning things. Yeah. Um, especially with the time you had to take off with the the 22nd mile. Yeah. Uh, out, of curi- yeah. out of curiosity, uh, when you did your first triathlon, um, when you were kind of like shedding weight still, uh, what was your training like going into that first triathlon? Was it just like, did you do any research on how to train or did you just kind of wing that one? Um, I, I, I talked to some friends and they kind of gave me some ideas on like what to do and stuff, but it was mainly just kind of like winging it. Mm-hmm. So I was, I like, I, there was spin. I was at a, I was part of a gym that had spin class. So I would just go to spin class two to three times a week. Um, and then I would swim on my own at lunch and I was just, I was just doing four, like, so the swim is only 400, 400 meters or yards or whatever it was. It's a quarter mile swim. So I was just doing four by a hundred with like 30 seconds rest. And that was like literally what I was doing. So I would do that. And then I started, and then like right before the race, I just swam 400, like straight just to make sure that I could do it. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I should be fine there. And then I was doing spin classes and I was just running every other day for like five miles at a pop. Yeah. And over the years, did you start to do more research into the triathlon or were you still mostly interested in running? No, I'm, I'm still, and I'm still to this day, I'm just still more interested in running. Like it's just more, um, that's still where my heart is. And it's like, Mm -hmm. one, the triathlons are just so expensive. And two, like, I don't get, like, I can't get like much out of it. Like if I'm still in my best running shape, like there's still, there's still some accolades that I can kind of get. And like, I could still go to like some of these big races and still win some money and stuff. And that's a lot more fun yeah. too than paying, than paying out the, out the ass to go to all these triathlons and stuff. And yeah, and do that. Did you find that, um, you know, when you would pick up these running injuries and then you would decide to do like a triathlon season, did you find that helped you in just kind of reducing your injury rate and keeping you healthy? Um, it does. And it, I, I feel like, like, because you're biking it, like, I always feel like as long, like when you're biking, it kind of helps you with your running form because you're using so much glutes mm-hmm. uh, in your biking. And so that's what, you know, and you need your glutes to fire when you're kind of running and that's all part of that hip flexor area. Um, that kind of helps. So I've always felt when I'm riding a lot that I tend to be a lot more complete running wise. Like I feel like my mechanics are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, I didn't realize until I started working with a coach that it was like, you know, I was, when I was first doing training, I was just throwing in these things as like a way to kind of 
get more cardio in. So I do my swimming, do my biking. And I was always running seven days a week. So I was still running 70 miles a week and then trying to do all this stuff. Um, I would take off, like I would, I wouldn't double once a week. And that would be like the day that I was doing my long run. And so otherwise every other day I was either biking or swimming and then doing a run in the afternoon. Um, And then I found out that when you're running that much, the one thing that suffers is your swim. (laughs) And so, Mm. um, you know, so you can run and swim all that. So then it's like, all right, well, if you reduce your running, then you'll, your swim will be a lot better and it won't necessarily affect your running times. Like you can almost run faster coming off because Hmm. run legs are kind of like more fresh. Um, and the biking kind of like flushes stuff out instead of like the running. But to me, I was like, I'm still a runner. I'm doing running, running, running. And so, um, when I was doing it, when I was coaching myself and kind of just like getting pointers from here and there from different people, like that's kind of what I was doing. And then I found out that it's kind of like not the way that you want to do things when you're in the triathlon world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering especially your strength was obviously running. You, you definitely want to focus on your weaknesses in the triathlon because, that's yeah. uh, going to, the bike especially is going to be the main performance benefit for you. If you work on making that a strength for you. And um, that's what it, a lot of people are joking around now, probably saying that I was in the wrong sport my whole life, that I probably should have been a cyclist. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Cause my heart, like my average heart rate at Maryland, even though, um, like, even though I rode 24.6, like my average heart rate was 124 for the whole ride. And that was after the swim. Um, it, my heart rate coming out of the swim was like 145, and it took me the first 10 miles of the bike to get it down under to 120. And it was sitting at 117 to 120 for the first loop, and then it, it crept up into like 125, 126 on the second loop of the mm. bike, two bike, two loop bike. How long did it take you to, to figure out those numbers and figure out where you wanted your zones to be? I mean, coming from someone who's not a triathlete, I like, yeah. So, I mean, like, I know my body, I wear a heart rate monitor for everything. Um, So when I was running, so that was like one of the reasons why I was like, Oh, I'm just going to self coach because I talked to a guy that coaches triathlon people. And I was like, "Eh." I was like, I was out on my bike and I felt like I could use, I could do this pace at this cadence and I felt okay doing it. And this was my heart rate. So I think my heart rate zone should be here. And he's like, Oh, do you have like a race, like a half marathon or something from your run days? And I was like, Oh, I have the information from when I ran Tulsa. And he took that and he ran it and he looked at the numbers and he said, your heart rate should be 120 to 125 when doing the thing. And I was like, what do I need a coach for? I'm like, I came up with that on my own. I was like, I just did that riding around the streets and just came up with that. Like looking at my heart rate, feeling what I could do. I was like, oh, I could do this. I feel like I could do this for four hours. And that's how I came up with that number. And, hmm. and the running numbers, that kind of all of the running that I do. So I know that, you know, when I'm running 630 pace, my heart rate's going to be somewhere around 135 to 145, depending on how hot it is and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, it's that first loop, it was like keep trying to keep my heart rate under 140, which I did. The second loop, it was like, all right, well, you can kind of keep it between 140 and 145. And I kind of did that most of the most of the time. And it wasn't until the third that I started the third loop that it kind of jumped up into close to the, like the 150s. But I thought mm. I'll be fine by then. But missing that one aid station hindsight is like what cost what could probably cost me having a great race. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm curious about is, you know, you've always, you said running is where your heart lies still to this day. I mean, but given how well you did at Maryland, are you like thinking, focusing more on triathlon in the future? Or are you still thinking to do like fall running? 
so yeah i'm definitely so i mean i was like i like i'm definitely doing club cross um for the masters club cross race that's the most competitive 40s and over race that there is in the country everybody shows up for that race um so i was definitely already going to that because we've like even last year coming off injury injury like i was only running for like i don't know eight to 12 weeks i was only coming back i was only doing workouts for like six weeks and still finished top 20 across down in flat in tallahassee um and then greater philadelphia the team that i run for for that we finished fifth overall as a team for that beating out some really good teams and so it was like all right well let's go and get try and do this better next year you know and so i was like definitely gonna do cross no matter what and then i did that workout today and i was like all right i'm like that's I was like, I know my body. I know what I can do. I'm like, that's a top 10 to 15 cross finished workout that mm. I did today. So yeah. I'm kind of like, now I'm like, all right. I'm like, I know my focus was going to be 70.3. Now I'm like, all right, once that's done, then I have to have a talk with uh, the coach that my triathlon coach to see kind of like where, because the emphasis next year is going to be trying to win the Kona age group for 40 to 44. Mm. Um, okay. So it's like, all right, you know, what can I do? how can we incorporate the things that I love up until the point when I need to start training for that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you know, I mentioned, I talked to you beforehand mentioning how I wanted to see kind of like a big week for you leading into yeah. it. Uh, want to talk through what you did in that week to us? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, I'm looking through. So I did 21 hours of total, um, workouts, um, that, that week. So it was 278 total distances. Um, my running activities totaled 43 miles, just over 43 miles and five hours worth of work. Um, my cycling was 226 miles for 10 hours and 15 minutes of work. And then the swimming that I did was a little over eight miles. So I forget, you know, so it's like, 3,500 yards here, 34. So you're looking at 90, you know, 6,900 yards. And then you're looking at uh, another 35. So, you know, right around, you know, so you're looking at over 10,000. And then I did another, so I'm looking at like 14,000 yards of swimming because I did a, I did a 4,100, I did a 40, basically an Ironman type swim on Sunday mm. of that week. So I was only, I normally only swim three days a week, but that day I did four. Uh, I started off with, so it was, you know, the week is like Monday, wake up and you're only, I'm only swimming. So I swam 3,500 yards that, that week on Monday. Um, I did 50 minutes of weightlifting later on of kind of like hit orange theory lifting class. Hmm. The next day I ran eight miles easy. Um, and then that was in that was in the afternoon in the morning i had biked um 95 minutes kind of like a ladder i was doing a ladder workout so it was, it was 10 minutes nine minutes eight minutes seven minutes um six five two by five or so then it was down to six minutes and then it went one two three four four by five minutes at like kind of like all out effort so i was um 315, 316, 315 for 10 minutes, normalized power. I was 316, uh, normalized power, 323, 325, 316. And then my five minutes, the four by five minutes, I was up around like 325 to 330, um, normalized power. 
which is for me, that's more, that's like riding like 26, 27 miles an hour, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Um, swam 3,400 yards on Wednesday morning. Um, and then an easy 90 minutes, uh, at Wednesday night and then did a lift class lens Wednesday night, Thursday was two runs. So I did a 14 miles of fartlek work. Um, so it was 10 minutes easy. 30 minutes at 620 to 630 with a five minute float, 20 minutes at 610 to 620 with a four minute float, uh, 10 minutes at six flat to 610 with a three minute float, and then five minutes at 550 to six minute pace, and then the finish easy. Um, I ended up right just under 90, just under 90 minutes and average 630 for that whole thing. Um, so that was kind of like number one, like, okay, you know, I'm probably going to be pretty fit for, like that's when i started realizing like that i'm going to be pretty fit for this thing um yeah. and that it was going to be a kind of like a really good race and then i had to do 75 minutes easy um in the afternoon so the workout was at night and then the evening was 75 minutes um of running well i guess i was like 73 but it was like more like seven i was keeping it at heart rate um keeping my heart rate under 120 and my average, I averaged like 740 for the whole run for that. So that was like just, uh, just, just over nine and a half miles. Mm. Uh, so that was, you know, and that just that Thursday, that just gets your legs tired so that, you know, I swam Friday morning, it was 3,500 yards of swimming with an easy hour biking followed that. And then it started like the really big session, which was, um, I did four and a half miles or four and a half hours of riding at Ironman Watts, uh, which for me was between 2.30 and 2.50. Um, and this was out in Lancaster. I did this uh, where my coach is situated. Mm. And, and <clears throat> there was 20, there was 3,400 feet of elevation over the 100 miles. And I averaged just under 22 miles an hour. Um, and I remember that day, it was like, it was really hot. So it was... See what was if we could see the temperature. Temperature for the bike, the max temperature was got up to eighty six degrees by the time I was done the bike. Oh jeez! Um, <clears throat> and right after the bike, we jumped into so it was like a brick session, kind of like simulate mm -hmm. Ironman stuff. Um, and then I had an eighty minute run that I was supposed to do, and I did that. I did twelve miles, averaging six thirty nine pace. I had gotten up to like ninety to ninety one degrees, ninety two degrees during the run. Um, and just did this kind of like 1.2, 1.3 mile loop where every time you're coming around, you're getting water again, you're just calling out what you need to try and like simulate mm. what you need for, um, <clears throat> for the Ironman. I kind of actually messed up on the bike and went a half hour too long. Um, so I was supposed to do a 90 minute brick and I was feeling okay for the majority of it. And I knew that I was like, you know, running too hard because, you know, being, it wasn't just me that was there. It was like a whole his whole like racing crew that was there that was getting ready for like, races was there doing the brick session as well mm -hmm. um some uh, some maryland athletes and then some kona athletes and so they're you know i'm starting to run and there's like a couple like carrots in front of me and i'm just like oh i'll chase this down and i'm like started just chasing people down instead of just like and that's kind of where i got the idea where i was like very strict in what my heart rate was doing because mm -hmm. I knew during this heat thing, like this brick that my heart rate was up around 145. And I'm like, this is going to be too high. I'm like, but I'm running like sub 630 pace. It feels easy. And I'm like, of course it feels easy because it's 630 pace. Like, and I'm in like a pair of alpha flies. And so it's like, 
<clears throat> just bouncing along do, 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 do. and then like it just kind of they started <laughs> i was doing fine putting ice down with me getting water and then when they ran out of ice this was like a prelude of what was happening i was like that's when it started hitting me and so <clears throat> i started to slow down a little bit and i was and then i got to the point where i was like all right you know i'm like kind of done with this like <laughs> i th- even though i went a half hour overwards like i was only supposed to do like six hours and now i'm up to the point where like i'm almost doing like six and a half hours of work mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I was like, I'm, I'm good for this, but that's kind of like, I wish I would have been more alert of like why, what was happening. It wasn't until after Maryland when I was like, oh, I missed that ice station that I was like, oh, well back on that brick run when I was doing it, I guess they're, they ran out of ice. And it was like, right after that is when I started like kind of going downhill with like falling apart and stuff. So um, that was Saturday. And then Sunday, it just so happened to be that there was um, the, Tim Kerr Charities, I don't know, Midge Kerr, who's a triathlete herself. She's the wife of Tim Kerr, who was a big flyer, um, big time flyer. Um, anybody that's a fan of the flyers knows Tim Kerr. Um, and she puts on all these swimming events and triathlons. She also does the Avalon Iron Island Man triathlon down there. Okay. And so she does this thing called the Cedar Island Swim. And so it's a swim around this big, huge island off and it starts and ends at the Avalon Yacht Club. <clears throat> and so I went and ran, I swam 58 20 there um, and then jumped right on the bike and rode 90 minutes to kind of see what my heart rate would do um, following a big swim effort, an all out swim effort. And so that was, <laughs> that's what I did, my big thing. So as soon as I did that, I was like, it's time to shut it down. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's no. So I kind of made like some, some comments like on Strava after that. I was like, shut it down. Like, this is. <laughs> I'm perfect. This is where I'm at. Like if I'm swimming under an hour for an Ironman race and then my heart rate's staying somewhere around like 120 to 125 on the bike afterwards at riding like, you know, Ironman Watts, like, you know, it's, it's golden. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a crazy week. That's a lot of hours of exercise. And I was dead. I did that brick and my wife was um so i had gotten a room in lancaster the night before and then she was going shopping with her some family members and i had to drive a half hour and i got there and i was at she was at the lancaster outlets and i'm in a wawa next to the lancaster outlets that's right there i'm like literally five minutes away she probably could have walked to me um and i'm just like i have my phone in my hand and i'm just like i'm putting my hands on like my knees and i'm like i'm gonna i felt like i was gonna throw up and i know that feeling that it definitely wasn't going to be a throw up it was going to be me passing out um and so i'm just like buying everything i can get i was like i got like a smoothie with protein i got soda i got like iced tea i got like food i was getting chocolate i'm like just shoving like anything i can think of like down my throat to get calories and stuff in me because i was like literally on death's door and so I like my pillow was still in the back seat from the hotel room. And so we get, I finally get to her and I'm just like, I'm just going to crawl up. And I just literally laid in the back seat, like uh. to die, like on the way home. And then the still swim the way that I did the next day, it was like pretty, that's why I knew I was like, all right, like I could probably do something special here, Marilyn, if I listen to, and I stay like very controlled. Wow. I mean, I was one aid station away from doing something special. (laughs) You still did something special, I would say, but yeah, it's hard not to have that thought when you finish the race and you're like, Oh, I could have run so much faster still. Yeah. Um, It's crazy how like we can have these perceptions of what would be good for us. And then we way outperform that, but we're still unhappy because we feel like we still could have ran faster. 
uh, with it, our yeah, friends. I mean, it's it's happiness, but then it's also knowing what you're capable of doing. Cause I know that, you know, it's like, and it's kind of like the feelings that I have right now. I'm like, as soon as I finish that workout today, I'm texting my PT guy and I'm like, keep me healthy. We got to keep me healthy this next year. I was like, cause if I keep, if I can stay healthy this next year, I was like, I will F shit up. Like I will mm -hmm. like, it's gonna Cause there's no, I don't, I don't see anybody that's in the 40 to 44s that could run with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, even like the pros that are forties in their forties, like I can run with them. I've only, I've only seen one guy that out that could out that it's ever outran me in a, in a triathlon so far. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, I yeah. mean, like I can run like, and that's, and that, and I wasn't even at, like at that time. And that was at Maine, the guy. So I ran 75, 12 at Maine last year for the half marathon coming off the bike. Um, after riding 20 over 25 miles per hour on the bike. And, um, the guy that, that won the whole race, um, ran 74 and change. And he's like a former, like he's a 65 minute half marathon performer like he's run 221 for the marathon like he ran for harvard like some of that, that's what's like so funny that kind of like keeps you motivated and going it's like you see these guys and it's kind of like why i like doing the masters um running circuit as well because the guy that won the 5k um at in atlanta is like a former 338 performer at byu he finished second to leo manzano in the 1500 at ncaa's the one year like you're running with Christian, Christian Mary, who's a 337 guy and ran in so many of these like USA championships and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's a lot of pedigree people out there that, mm. like, and then there's me who dropped out of school, <laughs> like was fat. Now I'm like, <laughs> so it kind of like, you know, doing all this stuff kind of just like validates some of like the talent that I thought I had that I was younger that I kind of like pissed away that um, I never kind of achieved. And now I kind of just validate like, okay, I could have been a 14 scratch kind of like runner, like a 14 flat 5k guy. I could have been a sub 410 guy, like, you know, cause it's valid with the results that I have now, like later in mm -hmm. my career. Yeah. I, I was curious. I was going to ask you that, like, did you feel like you had a lot of talent when you were younger, when in high yeah, school in yeah, Westchester. Just, yeah, when I was running it when I was running at Bryn Mawr, it was just like I just at the time I was just like, ah, you know, I just wanted to be with like the boys. Like it was fun to kind of like run and do workouts with everybody. And I wasn't really it was like as long as I felt like I was fast enough to hang out with everybody, that's all that would mattered. And it wasn't until I kind of like went away from running and put on all the weight that I realized like, man, like I probably should have tried harder to like not get fat. Um, and then when it kind when it came time to kind of like start losing the weight and everything, and then I started seeing the the increase and in kind of like dropping the times that I could see, it was like, well, let me start putting in some effort. And then I kind of like, man, if I put this effort, like this type of effort in when I was younger, like I could have really probably done some really good times and kind of like mm -hmm. feel a little bit more, but it's kind of, but you know, you can't look back and say hindsight stuff because, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And I would have met, wouldn't have met the people that I met and I wouldn't have like the experiences that I've had. Yeah. And I think my life's turned out pretty well. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's necessarily the healthy way to go about it. Constantly thinking of what you could have yeah. been and yeah. you're doing so well now that I think I would just be in the present if I were you and be in, enjoying yeah, the that's, process. That's the only thing you can do. Exactly. I mean, it's easy to think what you could have been, but it's better to look forward. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a very important lesson um, and takeaway from this talk.
Um, okay. You know what? I'm going to tell everyone they can read your Strava if they want to talk here about your race because you wrote very descriptive stuff about your race. So they can go <laughs> look at it there. Everyone go follow Chris Naomi on Strava. I want to keep going because I have other things I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the Naomi Ninjas, man. So <laughs> for, for everyone listening, this man has the Naomi Ninjas. Those are his athletes. He coaches uh in the running space do you coach anyone in the triathlon space yet or is it still running no no i'd rather um i'm way too new at that and i'd rather them go and talk to the guy that coaches me than than have me try and coach them <laughs> yeah uh, i'm still way too raw and still learning and i have no and i kind of like have no desire to kind of like coach like the triathlon stuff mm -hmm. Cause then that's just, now you're organizing three different workouts instead of like just organizing kind of like one. Um, and the whole team, the whole coaching thing just happened to come across as come like kind of like by accident. Like I was running, we were doing a race and an indoor race and I was running with Ethan, your buddy, Ethan. And yeah. he was like, you know, we're doing a warm up with a bunch of group with a group and those guys are running like seven thirty pace or faster for the warm up, And I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I could just run like, you know, I don't need to run 7:30. I can run 7:50 for warm up for 20 minutes and I'll just be, I'll be just as fine. I was like, I don't need to run that fast. And had Ethan had made like a comment, like, oh, I'm gonna listen to you because you've kind of been like around. I feel like you know some things being your age and running like the times that you're still running at your age. And so um he kind of had like a bad race. I think he didn't even break 440 at the time. Um wow. kind of like reached out to him and I was like, Yeah, you know, I was like, you know, what are you doing next? Like, what's your race? And he's like, you know, he's like, I really want to do well broad street, like I want to train for that. And so this race was at like February, um, that we're at the endorse race for. And I was like, All right, well, I was like, I'll write you some things. I was like, I'll tell you the things that you need to do and stuff. And it's really just based off of like the stuff that I learned from Mike, the stuff that I learned from Terrence and things that like Terrence was like coaching me a little bit when I was younger. And so it was like, all right, combining like all these things that I've kind of learned that things that I felt like went right with my training and things that I didn't mm. feel like went right in my training. Um, and then things that I kind of like learned that were newer theories and ideas like that Mike had from things that he had and stuff like that, that I just combined all those things and kind of tossed them at Ethan. And all of a sudden he was like running 1530 for 5k running. And then he ran 51, 16 at broad street and then filed it up, um, a couple of years later, kind of like running here in 1428 for 5k and 408 for the mile. Um, that was kind of like a crazy season. And it was just like, but I just remember like with him, it was kind of like, I, I remember doing a workout with him and I was kind of like borrowing him for like some of my workouts and, you know, like they, they were dropping me in workouts and stuff. And he's just running and like saying hi to everybody, like running like 72nd pace. And I'm just like, huffing and puffing like hanging on for dear life and i'm like this kid just has no idea like how good he can really be like if he's just doing this like waving and stuff and like a pair of trainers running 70 i'm like if this kid actually tried like he could throw down something special so it was like yeah. i was like all right i'm like and then the opportunity came to kind of like help jess and it was one of my friends that i went to, that i raced against in high school his wife is friends with her and she was like oh you know she wants to break three hours she doesn't really know anybody in philly she's you know she she joined philly runner but she doesn't know the philly track club but she doesn't really know any of the girls and i was like well i'll reach out to her and i was kind of like you know 
do you trust me to kind of like, and I was kind of curious to see if like my ideologies and things that I learned and stuff, what, and like I knew Ethan could do whatever he could do off of anybody's training. Um, but I was kind of curious to see if it like kind of would work for like a female or somebody. So she had, mm, like, yeah, she hasn't, she, her goal was to break three. She, I think her PR was like three or nine or something like that, or three or five. She was like 1849 for 5k or something like that. And so, um it was like all right well let's look at kind of like what you're you know what you did i'm like all right so you're looking at this like here's some of your weaknesses here's some of your strengths i'm like your your weaknesses is like some of your weaknesses like you've never done like tempo run type stuff so tuesdays we'll do the hills fridays you'll do tempos sundays you'll do long runs we'll do that for a bunch of weeks and then we'll run a 5k see what you do and she's like you know and then i was kind of like telling her i'm like you know you're probably in like close to like 18 flat shape just looking at your tempo rounds and stuff like that and it's everything's just off of numbers like mm -hmm. i use like those like if you run a 5k and across the board it says that you can run like that's it i'm like that's what you should need. like before you think about doing this, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Her 5k being 1849. I'm like, well, if you need to want to break three hours and you have to be like somewhere around 18 flat. So let's get you there first. Yeah. We'll build your mileage up. We'll get you used to doing tempo runs and things like that. And then we'll get you to where you need to be. And then we can start adding in different things and like going from there to there. And so mm -hmm. we went to, so it was, I think she had done like some six, I think we were only working for like six weeks. She went to a 5k, that same 5k that I ran 1535 for garden state. Um, and she ran kind of like almost solo, but ran like 1823. And she's like, I can't believe like I PR'd off of doing hills and tempo runs. Like that's just, yeah. ridiculous. and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like <laughs> people knocked it and don't knock it until you try. Like you're definitely yeah. doing, doing work and it's hidden work, but it's there. So then she ran 1823. The next 5k she ran, she ran like 1756 or something like that. And yeah. then she ran yeah and then she ran 1728 like in her three 5ks that we did like going down so i was like i'm like jesus like you're ready to like roll like let's get at it so then she trained for boston that fall goes to start the race and has like an ankle issue still somehow like she ran like and i think she ran just over like 80 minutes at pdr um and then ran she still broke three hours but she ran like 259 but she was probably in like 250 shape at the time yeah. so then it was like all right you know well, what do we do now and it was like so she signed up for grandma's and then it was like let's do grandma's then okay so she trained for that um in the meantime we kind of went through she was like i want to do like the half at up in new york and so we did that and then um that kind of led to like kind of, so that at the same time that that's all happening um anastasia wohar who i kind of like she had a coach that she that she worked with but she would always kind of like bounce her ideas off of me like some things and like oh i'm doing this in training what kind of you know it kind of sounded like what she described for me before she jumped over was that she was like my coach is there to help me and everything but then when it comes to like race strategies they don't really like give me much incentive for like race mm -hmm. strategies and stuff mm -hmm. so she would pick my brain when it would come to like races and stuff which i'm happy i love like helping people because it's like yeah. i've had so much success and stuff that it's fun to watch other people have the same success like i'm getting to that point where like i can't do those fast times anymore mm -hmm. uh, that i once thought i could so it's fun to watch other people kind of achieve them now um and i yeah. get as much satisfaction out of it and so she jumped on and then she started running great and then colin jumped on and we started this little group so that they could talk you know because they were all kind of like roughly around the same paces and stuff and like the same personalities um 
And then just having, and then when Jess ran 244 at grandma's, I kind of just like opened up like the floodgates of like mm. people looking for help and stuff. Um, and it's been fun. Like I've helped my cousin. She's run 332 at Philly and she's over 40 and she's like calls herself a geriatric lacrosse player that likes to, that now occasionally runs. <laughs> um, she's probably, I, I, if I put the house on it, she's going to run 325 um, at Chicago. Oof um for her for her second marathon ever she well she did one and she ran like four hours but she didn't really train so she was like really kind of like she had like the hail higdon like novice like marathon yeah. thing and she was like showing yeah. me the times that she's running and i was like i'm like you have nine weeks until philly let me kind of like mess around with this thing and like because you have some potential here like you could probably qualify for boston if you put like some more effort into it and got off of this like plan and did like a real mm -hmm. plan. so we kind of got off of that and so she ran 332 and then she ran 72 minutes of broad street um and so she was like i'm like you're primed to like run like you know 325 so if i had to put the house on it i bet you she'll run 325 at ball at chicago and then Colin, Colin was like a 256 guy, 257 guy. He just ran and he was, even with all his issues that he's kind of been having, he ran 251 at Berlin. He was kind of on pace to break 250. Um, but he's been having like some cramping issues due because he had a thyroid taken out. He had his thyroid operated on a year ago. Oh, so geez. he's having like hormone issues, like regulating issues with like that. So that's going, you know, so for him to run 251 off of all that stuff, like that's incredible. Um, but yeah, there's been, you know, people have, I'm up to like 12 or 13 people now, I think that I'm kind of like helping coach and stuff. And so yeah. um, it's been, it's been successful. So I feel like I can kind of like do a whole bunch of different ranges and it's kind of like I'm helping, you know, hopefully um, one of the guys I'm coaching with Eric, hopefully he's probably going to break 230 at Philly um okay, nice. so there's a whole range of like people that i'm kind of like working with and stuff and it's kind of fun to see like you know people that that really just want to better themselves that follow the program and it's like every like you know and like you've seen like um kyle merber says he's like 90 percent, 99 percent of the programs that are out there everybody's doing the same type of thing mm -hmm. it's like what's the difference that that somebody does that somebody else doesn't do and i think it's just like that one-on-one -on -one per like that you're talking and have like making somebody believe that the training that they're doing can kind of get them to where they're at and that's where like using all those numbers come in it's like look if you're doing your tempos you know if you want to run this you need to do your tempo runs here if you're doing your tempo runs here you should be able to race here and then when you add all this together this is where you should be and mm. it's like you know this is the workout that you're doing if you're doing this workout here you should definitely be doing this mm. and if you're not then what's happening are you you know then it's like then then you have to backtrack it's like all right well what happened that morning what did you eat how did you, how was your night sleep the night before what happened during that week were you sick or something like it was like mm -hmm. you know somebody had a bad PRP race at phil at distance run it's like all right well what happened the week before uh, i think i might have had a cold <laughs> well you had a cold so there's you know that's why you <laughs> had a philly like you know and then they come back the following week they feel like they kicked the cold and then all of a sudden they run 18 miles at sub seven minute pace it's like all right well mm -hmm. now we know why you ran bad at pdr it's not because you weren't in shape it was because you're affected affected by this cold and that's mm -hmm. so it's kind of just re you know people taking steps that you kind of that you've 
gained over the years like you know the questions to kind of ask like why is your foot hurting well how are your shoes you know where's your foot hurting at oh it's on the top well you're tying your two your shoes too tight like it's just like little simple things like that that you've picked up over the years that people don't really realize that those are kind of like quick fix answers quick fix answers Mm -hmm. and so you know that's kind of like where the experience comes in and it's like you know just making people believe in what they do um and they can achieve it and once they finally do it then they're like i can't believe you know they self until they try it they don't think that they can do it and then all of a sudden they do it and they're like i can't believe like you were right and i'm like well of course i was right like not because i'm this cocky person that knows everything is like because all the numbers said that you could do this like you just had to there's a difference between putting it down on paper like having it on paper saying that you can do this and then actually doing it. And the difference is believing that you can do it and knowing. And so that's where I feel like the majority of like what I do comes into play. It's like mm-hmm. making people believe that they can do what they're, what they're incapable, what they think that they're incapable of doing. Mm-hmm. And then once they finally believe that and get it done. Then it's like, then you start seeing the results come by. I think that's huge. Definitely. Like you want your athletes to be confident. And I think that's the beauty of having a coach that communicates openly with you is that you can get a good idea of where you're at in your fitness. And sometimes it's hard to gauge that when you're just self-coaching. Whereas when you have someone else looking at the numbers for you, they can give you a like heads on, like objective take on where you think your fitness will be. And they can give you a lot of confidence. So I think that's a and huge being, thing to have. Yeah. And you being a software engineer, what's the number one role of software engineering? Oh gosh! How that just never test, me. never test your own code. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah, make sure so, someone else reviews it because you can't see the holes that are in your in your thought process when you're when you're writing your code. So I just take that philosophy in life. So it's like people are like, "Oh, you coach people, but you still have a coach," and I'm like, "Because I'm still learning stuff." Mm-hmm. And I also too like I don't want to like I need somebody to tell me what I'm missing in my training because I necessarily don't want to do that. And I don't want to be in charge of my own training and then have like questioning things that I'm doing. Like, Oh, well, should I really be doing this? No. Like I want somebody else to let me know that this is what I, you know, that somebody else be in control of you. And then you could be in control of everybody else. Like the other people that are inside of you. Yeah. Do do you have a coach for running as well? Or do you coach yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I work with uh, Jen Ryan's actually. So I was with Mike for a while. Um, the guy that was pa- that I talked about earlier, who was pacing Dina. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with him from 2013 up until the pandemic. And then he was kind of like, okay. yeah, he's like, you were the last of the people I'm coaching. He's like, I'm kind of like over it now. And I was like, I kind of figured that. So he learned from Terrence and you know, what's better, you know, I have so much faith and respect for Terrence that like, um, you know, which better way to, to work with somebody than work with, you know, a three-time Olympian who's also kind of like has the same type of like, um, methodologies and things like with training and stuff. So yeah, I work uh, when I'm, when I'm doing just strictly running stuff, I work with Jen Rhines. Okay. Yeah. I I had a feeling because you were talking about how the value of coaching it didn't know if like you coach yourself or running or not but that makes sense to me yeah that's what i'm looking to get next as a coach because i am tired of self-coaching and injuring myself so i think that'll be very helpful uh to have for sure and everyone listening i'm not promoting us but i'm just saying that it's great to have a coach and you have resources out there people can help you like us so um you can even dm us and and the make sure yeah and the the, i think the main part like especially with like post-collegiate running or just this type of running that we're doing it's like making sure that you have a personal relationship with like the person that's coaching you like you need to be able to tell like you need to have confidence and knowing that like 
if I tell you your run sucked and, you know, and you're overshooting that it's not me being hard on you. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's the facts, it's the facts of what, like, I'll, I'll let you know if what you're doing is smart and I'll let you know if what you're doing is stupid. And, mm-hmm. um, I kind of don't hold back at that. And so, you know, it's kind of like the old school person of me, like it's, it is what it is, but I'm very funny. I'm very sarcastic, but you know, there's, it's definitely cutthroat as well that like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be kind of like stern and like, all right, mm-hmm. you know, don't do this again. Like <laughs> this is not very, this is not going to get you to where you, you run those results. You can do that. You're more than welcome to, to go and do that, but that's not why you're asking me to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just need, you know, you need a personal relationship with somebody that you can be able to say like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this race. Can I do this? And it's like, yeah, we can do that. And if it's not something, then you need this, like, I have to be able to have confidence in saying like, nah, let's not do that. You know, that sounds like a bad plan. And then yeah. and you being understanding and like, no, that it's not, you know, it's not anything personal or anything like that, but it's something it's because we have this big picture in mind. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's all about what you want out of your coach. You know, I mean, there's different fits for people. Some people like when they have a more stern person who gives it to them straight, others might not want that and are just looking to have more fun with the sport. So it's, it's all about what you want from it. And I think for a lot of people, it's good to have that objective kind of perspective. Yeah. And I, and I, and it's like the, the, the majority of everybody that I coach, I consider like a friend. And so it's like when they sit there and they call me coach, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm your friend. I'm not your coach. I'm your friend. <laughs> I'm like, like, let's stop using that word. <laughs> let's save that for when I'm like teaching, like when I'm coaching, like kid, like try, like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like then I'm a coach because then I'm like wearing a hat and like, I got a stopwatch, but like now I'm just a guy on a computer. <laughs> yeah, that shows up the races and stuff like that, and that's like the thing. Like, I love going to races and watching races. Like, those guys were racing up at the New York half marathon, the New York City half marathon in March, and the wife was away. and I was like, Fuck, I was like, I'll just go. I'm like, I have a cousin that lives up there, I'll stay at his place and I'll go watch the race. So I took the I drove up the night before, went out with my cousin, woke up the next morning, watched the race, said high fives, and then went home. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, man, I can't believe like you drove up to New York to watch like us race. And I was like, of course, I'm gonna come up. Like, what else am I gonna do? I'm a freaking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. It's all about the support, man. And, and, doing the drive to make that happen is awesome. And I'm sure they really appreciated that. So, um, yeah, that just goes to show that you care about your athletes. So that's, that's an important thing. And I let them name the group and it wasn't me. So, Oh really? But you didn't <laughs> call it Nightmally Ninjas? Yeah. They were the ones that came out with the name. So I allowed the team to make the name and not vice versa. So. <laughs> yeah. I was curious about that. Actually. I was like, man, I wonder if he came up with this himself or like, <laughs> I, no, I, I had named the group. Um, cause Colin's Irish. So I call, I named them like the green leaf assassins. <laughs> And then they came, so they run it to rename it and have like something with my name in it. So they named it the Namoli Ninjas off of that. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty great. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we'll get into a fun section here and I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. We're getting a little over an hour here. I don't want to take yeah. too much more of your time. Um, but I just want to do, since your heart is in running, I want to start with a little running section. So you're just going to choose one or the other. It's pretty simple. Uh, so track or road? Track, definitely track. Okay. Uh, 5k or 10k 5k okay uh 5k or half marathon uh 5k okay okay half marathon or a marathon definitely a half marathon 
Okay. Uh, split shorts or half tights? Uh, depends on the season. The majority of the time, half tights. Okay. Uh, running hat or no hat? Always a hat. I sweat like a pig. Backwards or forwards? Backwards. It started forwards until I saw Ethan wear it backwards at Broad Street, and then I started wearing it backwards. Okay, that's good. Right after he crushed it, you're like, all right, I got to yeah. flip this thing around. Uh, tempos or speed work? Uh, speed work. Okay. Uh, long runs or workouts? Uh, definitely workouts. Okay. Lots of kudos giving or selective kudos giving? Uh, selective. It depends on kind of like what the session was or and how they were doing it. Okay. Uh, conservative racing or front running? Um, whatever the, whatever the race dictates. I, I'm always like, I'm, I don't really, I mean, how can you really front run really like from the majority of the races that you're doing? Cause you know, you're never, you know, unless you're like an Ethan or something like you're never. So I would say, you know, conservative or aggressive. I say always be aggressive. Okay. Uh, Sunday long runs or Saturday? Sunday. Okay. Training or racing? <laughs> racing. Definitely racing. Uh, coaching individuals or a team? I guess you don't know a team yet, so that, I don't know why yeah. I wrote that one in. But would you want to yeah. coach a team one day? Uh, eventually, I would like to do some high schools. I think I think eventually I'd like to do high school coaching. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Uh, and then for triathlon, I just had a little section. So half or full Ironman? Half. <laughs> okay. Uh, long bike rides or brick workouts? Um, long bike rides. Okay. Uh, swimming or biking? Biking. Okay. Uh that's all I had for that because I don't <laughs> if I knew the mind of a triathlete more, I'd have more questions for I don't, that. Dude, but... I don't even know the mind of a triathlete. <laughs> that's true. Do, You're so new. I man. do though, but I'm not like people. <laughs> I I like I've had this like I said I keep on joking. Like I was chugging champagne on the way to the award ceremony. <laughs> like I have this ritual now recently where I'm just like drunk at award ceremonies. <laughs> I saw that on your Instagram that cracked me up, man. <laughs> It started, yeah, it started at nationals last year. I was just like <laughs> me and me and the wife were going to. And so you had to, you had to wear a mask if you wanted to go into where they were actually like handing out awards, like where the mm -hmm. chairs were, but like, mm -hmm. you know, then there was like, it was at like a Hilton or a Hyatt or something. So they had like their ballroom. And so just outside the doors being open, like you could hear them talk, but they had high tables set up and they were selling beer like right there. So we we're like, awesome. but you didn't have to wear a mask if you were like outside of the hall. So we were like, oh, okay. well, we'll just sit out here and drink beers and just listen, <laughs> like listen for my name. And I kept like missing my name. And so because it was also like her birthday. So I finished second at nationals last year for 40 to 44 at the Olympic distance. And then it was her birthday. So we went right out for her birthday, like after the race. And so awards were at like six o'clock at night. And so we were just like out drinking all day. And so by the time we got to like the awards ceremony, we kept missing my name. And so I finally like <laughs> And everybody's like everybody's like are you racing tomorrow and i was like Absolutely not. i was like who, who wants to go through all of that like setting up your bike filling up your tires placing everything down like it's such it's so tedious and annoying like getting ready for like a triathlon race i'm like who wants to do that two days in a row i was like you're out of here <laughs> yeah that, that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> awesome man uh thank you for coming on do you have any thank uh, you for having me Absolutely. It was a fun time, man. Uh, do you have any advice for anyone looking to take things to the next level in a half or a full Ironman? 
be committed and make sure that you get the right coach because, and definitely get a coach because Mm -hmm. there's things that are going to come up that you're not going to expect. And that's the one big thing that I learned from like Texas to be from Maryland is like, you can't one preparation and two, just like having the knowledge to make sure that like, you cannot respond. Like, cause when you're used to like the short, short races, you can respond to different things that happen and mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt you. And you can have these knee jerk reactions where in a full Ironman, you have to stick to the plan and you can't have these knee jerk reactions. And that's what happened in Texas. I had mm-hmm. a couple of things go wrong and I had this knee jerk reaction. And I was also just kind of cocky at the time. I was like, I felt like I was invincible and I felt like I could go over the bike a little bit and still be okay with the run because ah, I'm a runner. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> Awesome, man. That's, that's I, did, good I did a lot more laying down and a lot more walking those last five miles of Texas than I did at at Maryland. So that's like the goal for Kona is just stay on my feet the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. It's it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah, it was cool fun. to talk to I- a triathlete. Flash <laughs> runner. Although yeah. we'll we'll call you a runner at heart. We'll find it. We'll see what happens after at the end of the year, which race I felt like I had better at. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Awesome, man. Uh, good luck with the rest of your together. season. Yeah, thank okay. you. All right, bye.